podcast diving into all of the news you need to know from the weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond i'm one of your hosts joe reese and i am joined as always by the man with a million figurines steve the save point cosplayer you know i'm missing a figure actually not missing one i mean i want one that hasn't been made yet i'm missing something that I really would like to see. Where's my Princess Hibana figure? Oh, Where's her? Sh- come on. That. Really? There hasn't been one made? No. No, there I hasn't. I called and... no. You just haven't been looking hard enough. That has to exist. Maybe, but maybe not one up to my standards. You've seen my shelf. I do not settle for less. No, yeah, they're, 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 they're beautiful. That would be surprising to me. Googling right now Princess Hibana figurine doing some live research right now what do you got what do you got i got a three dollar one from Etsy. <laughs> no get out of here get out of here we're not doing that that's not gracing my shelf so okay i stand corrected maybe um wow well i, I thought you were gonna say tony kawa there but i'm pleasantly surprised that you chose princess hibana i mean i'll go with the tony kawa figure where's my sukasa figure where's nasa and sukasa a moment of respect and silence, of course. We're still thinking of a new name for him, of course, but he does deserve respect today because five, not five minutes before we're about to record this episode, dude whips out a vacuum cleaner and is about to vacuum clean his room, and we said, Alex, we got work to do, and you know what he did? He ignored us, vacuumed very quickly, and then put it <laughs> away. Well, no, to give credit, Alex finally watched some anime with us. We'll get into that a little bit, but he fi- he's finally out of his shell. That's true. That's true. He start- he he weaseled his way back in a little bit with Promise Neverland, and then, yeah, we had a weekend of, again, promises kept to our audience. So a moment of respect, of course, to that forever unseen third character of Alex. Alex is okay in my book now. He's going back on the scale. He's still on the watch list, but we'll continue some anime with him. We'll get his takes. We'll rope him in. Anything with some whiskey, he'll stay around to watch anything. Some housekeeping for you. Of course, a new episode of Weeb Weekly posts every single Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. We are currently streaming on every single freaking podcast app you could possibly find us on. So that's that Apple. There's that Spotify. There's anything else out there as well. So be sure to please download, subscribe, leave a little bit of a review. Keep getting that algorithm going so that we can get our weeby goodness into people's ears each and every week. Yeah, do we want to start with the anime that we were watching this weekend? We hinted at it there with Alex, but uh, might be a good might be a good place to to begin. Yeah, so let's go. What we decided to do. Let's give a little context. I had Callie over for this weekend, her birthday. Happy birthday, Callie! And we decided to watch the Evangelion movies because Callie's never seen it, and we promised our listeners we'd actually go back and see them. Yeah, so we watched the first two of the eva rebuild we watched uh you cannot you are not alone and (laughs) you cannot advance that's correct um yeah it had been a good 
10-ish years since I've seen either of these movies because I remember watching them when they like first came out and I have not revisited them since. So this was the second one we looked up did come out in 2009. So it has been a good 12-ish years since I've seen these movies. Damn, do they hold up. They are so good. They are excellent, especially I want to really shout out to the scale of everything that's shown in terms of how big the Avas are compared to like regular vehicles or people, the size of the weapons. They really put it to scale like this. If this actually existed, it would be daunting and jarring how out of place they would look. Yeah, just the upped production value. And these movies still look gorgeous, even though they came out literally, like I said, at this point, 12 years ago. They they still just look so good. Um and it just it just makes the case for for there being these remakes in the first place just on that angle where it's just the the animation is on such a higher level than the original show which came out in the mid 90s that yeah it just really reinforces how terrifying these angels are how terrifying these robots are and it just ups that existential dread so much just by having it being even more beautifully beautifully animated you did mention something which i am ashamed i never um really noticed until rewatching them again how obviously we know the storyline is different around halfway through the second movie it really changes between uh Maddie, the american spy girl being introduced and asuka being the one inside the ava that shinji is um accidentally you know attacks this is an old movie these aren't spoilers whatever i don't care anymore and um you made a very good point that the movies are really if like Shinji chooses Ray in terms of like who he cares about most while the original series is with Asuka. And I'm like, Oh, that makes complete sense now. Now I know you haven't seen the third movie and I haven't, I've only seen it once. I do own it and we have it on our watch list, but but I'm really interested to see that one again, because I only remember the first 20 minutes. And then that 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 thirty minute piano scene with Kaoru. That's it. That's all I remember. Everything else is a blur. So I'm looking forward to what your reaction is. To I can't that. wait just because I've heard it's so damn wild. And honestly, that's what I want for my Evangelion. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch it. Yes, I think Steve. The reason perhaps you had never had that thought about again this being sort of the route where Shinji chooses Rei as as sort of the most important relationship that he kind of has in this story versus in the original show where I, I do think a lot of that falls onto his relationship with Asuka I think the reason neither of us had ever thought about that is because last time we watched these movies Steve we had not really delved too much into fate because these rebuilds Steve make Evangelion fate I can see it now yeah totally and I'm ashamed to admit that but they are still merge of fate where we have type moon type whatever type type of uh versions going through so what is end of evangelion what's that one well end of evangelion is like the actual ending to the show right i'm thinking of the, i mean uh, there's so many damn movies i i always i always interpreted that the the series is one move is is one version where he it ends and shinji realizes that um you know, he, it's okay to be imperfect and to, like, realize that his self is also one of other people's selves in terms of the relationships he makes. And, you know, he says, maybe it's okay 
to ask for help. And everyone says, congratulations at the end and claps. And I feel like that's one ending. And the other ending is Hideki Ayo saying, fuck you, I'm going to kill all your favorite characters. And I made this movie because you kept crying about it. And that essentially kills off everyone. But, I mean, at that end, I'm trying to think. Is that the one? No, but that's the one where he ends up with Asuka on the beach. Yes. Weird. Okay. I don't know then. We'll have to have to dive into this further. We might have to go. Re- it's also been an incredibly long time since I have seen End of Evangelion on Netflix. We could we could revisit it. Um, might be worth the revisit because I always took End of Eva, yes, as sort of Hideki Anno appeasing the fans to a certain extent who are like, the ending to the show is terrible. Guess what, guys? The ending to Evangelion the show is not terrible. Shut up. That's what I'm saying. You know, one thing One thing I do miss, which is not in the rebuild movies, is remember that episode where there are three supercomputers get infected? I it's was a, thinking the angel. exact I was thinking the exact same thing when we were watching the movies. That's one of my favorite episodes because that's where we get all this backstory on Ritsuko and her mom. Yes. Yeah, built I think her, her actually her brain or maybe her conscious is in the supercomputers to maybe it'll make the calculations and they're like losing computers and it's an angel in the end. It's interesting because like everyone else cannot fight this angel because they're not computer programmers. I was like, Oh, this is a great episode. I love this. Yeah. It was such an awesome, different episode. Yeah. That I would have, I would have liked a little bit more. Obviously I get why you can only fit so much into a, into a two hour movie. Can't put a dance scene into a two-hour movie, can you, Hideakiano? Can you? So maybe the series, if we're going different endings, is Shinji chooses himself as the most important relationship. That would make sense. Yeah, that's possible. That's a good. That's a good interpretation of it. Yeah, we'll have to rewatch Eva. That. That. Yeah, I always took that as being what was happening in the quote-unquote real world while the human instrumentality project that we see in the show is taking place. I want to read you the back of the box summary of the third movie and get your first immediate hot take of what it could possibly be, okay? Give it to me. You're reading the back of the box. 14 years after the events of the second movie. Stop right there. I'm sold. Shinji awakes in a world he does not remember. He hasn't aged. Much of the earth lays in ruins. Nerve has been dismantled and people who, who you once protected have turned against him. Befriending the enatic Nagisakaru, Shinji continues the fight against the angels and realizes the fighting is far from over, even when it could be against his former allies. The character struggle uh, struggles continue with the battles against the angels and against each other, sprawling to what could inevitably be the end of the world. So it takes place 14 years after what we saw. Yeah, that's my. that sounds exactly like my shit right there. That sounds exactly like what I want from that movie. And somehow no one's aged because whatever, Evangelion. Now, we had, I, we were talking a lot about a theory that I subscribe to, which is that the rebuilds are a sequel to the original show. And I still think that is to be the case based on us watching the rewatching these movies. I want to pull up the poster really quickly, but also what do you think about that theory, Steve? You know, it does makes sense because i feel like hideki Anno would not include anything that isn't meant to be not interpreted where especially the video uh the video the tape recorder that shinji has if you want to recap uh the viewers of what the difference is i feel like oh yeah that makes sense i mean i'm not sure about 
Hikaru, because I, I feel like any translation could be lost of exactly what it means, but the, the recorder is the one that really got me. So what, what let's, let the listeners know what you said. Well, because Kaoru says, this time I will give you happiness or something along those lines. But he says, this time, as in there's been another time, Steve. There's been a previous time. <laughs> um, also, yeah, the recorder, Shinji's recorder is in the original show always constantly on the cusp of changing to the next track, but then something happens and it just repeats the track. So it's very circular, which is a big theme in the show. But in the movies, the track continues. It does go on to the next track and he gets to hear the next, the next track. But we don't, yeah, we don't hear it. We just, yeah. yeah. But the poster, cause I was looking at the poster after we watched the movie, Steven, it just adds more fuel to my fire. The poster, the English poster for Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time, says bye-bye all of Evangelion. All of Evangelion, Steve. Not just this Evangelion. All of it. Man, I... Stop delaying this movie. Put it on digital. Let us pay $20 and pay, give you money. Let, let me pay $100, Hideaki Anno. I'll mail you the check. <laughs> Get, tell me what, it, what? Tell me what it's going to take. Tell me what it's going to take. Do we count as press, Hideaki Anno? Can we get a screener? Well, let's go what else I've been watching. Get a little away from Evangelion but, and check up on our favorite non-isekai show, is it wrong to pick up Girls in the Dungeon Season 3? If you recall, I was a little sour with the beginning of the third season. And I have to say, halfway through, I'm back in, baby. Love Dix. Love his character arc. You get more about the dungeon and how it was all, all, uh, made in the history. Some alliances turned. I'm, I'm back, baby. I'm loving it. What got you back? So it was it was some character. There was the characters and a little bit of some motivation switching and just some some interesting storytelling. What what got you back in this world? The fighting between uh, Dix and Bell Crane was great. Their first initial duel, and also Bell Crane loves Eyes Wallenstein. Uh, he looks up to her as the model dungeon adventure, and they're on opposite sides right now. And always in the beginning, in the opening, you have her, like, pointing the sword at him, like, they're going to duel, and it looks like it's finally happening. Oh, she taught him everything she he knows, and I am ready to see, like, that epic duel. I want to see it. I'm craving it. Don't let me down. I haven't seen the rest of Season 3. It's my last show of Fall 2020 that I haven't finished. And I'm finishing it. Godspeed, Steve, because I walked in a little bit while you were watching this, and I couldn't tell if you were watching this or if you were watching Hidden Dungeon Only I Can Enter. Looked exactly the same. Looked exactly the same. Get out of here. We're not watch we're not watching that show. But what show we are watching together are quintessential quintuplets. I mean, come on. This is the greatest this is the greatest show of all time. I don't have to spend we don't spend much time in this. <laughs> I mean, it, again, it's interesting that I know who the person is. But they keep throwing some twisters in there. I don't know how, like, I know what the end goal is, but I don't know what, like, B part is. A to B to C. I I don't know what B is. So we got the new girl, supposedly the new girl, Reyna, with the pink hair, who are student C's. And I'm like, wait, who is this? Is this someone with a, with a wig or is she real? I don't know. They're, they're jostling me around. 
What are your thoughts? It very much seemed like a dream at first, but then the more she talked and the more she said and the more she interacted with him, very much did seem like it was one of the sisters wearing a wig. So that's, I guess, the running theory right now. I love this show. They're doing such a good job of even just in these first couple episodes, really just fleshing the sisters out even more. We're starting to see some conflicts, starting to see some differences between them. They're trying to each kind of carve their own way and find some sort of individuality. And it's just like, man, show's great. Love it so much. And come on, you could tell these characters apart. Their hair. What are you doing? Futoru. Come on. Get an eye check. I did love... Uh, the the stupid um, hair. Uh, wh- who is it? Is it? It's a uh, Nino who saw right through <laughs> the uh, alternative. Uh, yeah, she yeah. Kn- she knew. <laughs> yeah, when he was wearing a wig, pretending to be someone else, Nino is just like, you. Know, I know it's you, and it was like, okay, good. At least someone here can tell that if I was wearing a blonde wig, my face hasn't changed at all. You would still be able to tell who I was, or your Steve. voice at all. Yeah. But tell me about this adventure you went through. So, Steve, yeah. So, you know, audience, as we're building the dock, as we're preparing for the show each week, of course, we go and we scroll through. We start looking through the anime news. We start seeing what's coming from the week. We maybe look at a little bit of Kotaku there on the list this week. We maybe look at a little bit of some anime news network from time to time. Maybe media news website, The Wrap as I'm looking at our first story right now. So, you know, we're going to all these sources. So I was scrolling through news stories, and I I see this story, and the headline is, Manga Shibuya Goldfish is coming to an end with volume 11. And for some reason, that just caught my eye, and I had to click on it. And this is not a part of the Weeb Week that was, but it is just a good exercise in, man, sometimes looking up news stories, you stumble on some weird weird manga or anime, Steve. It's ending with the 11th volume, and I had never heard about this story until today. Do you want to know what this manga is about, Steve? Do I really want to know what this is about with a goldfish? Because if you're, you're, you're setting this up, where it's, it's either the goldfish is, it's really an isekai somehow. <laughs> Thank God, or no. It's like a hor- or it's a horror anime where the goldfish is just eating everyone. You hit the nail on the head with your second one right there. Oh my, I did, I did not click High on this. High schooler oh Hajime <laughs> Tsukiyoda went to Shibuya that day, hoping only to find inspiration for his next film. He never expected to find himself smack dab in the middle of a real-life horror movie. Without warning... Schools of massive goldfish descend upon the crowded streets, and the mystified onlooker's confusion quickly turns to terror as the fish begin to feed. From their tentative shelter, Hajime and a handful of survivors await a rescue that seems more and more unlikely as the days and hours tick by. Meanwhile, all around them, the bloody frenzy, feeding frenzy, rages. I have to read all of this manga. How fast do you think they greenlit? Like, whatever, sure. Why not? <laughs> 11 volumes, Steve. This has been going for a minute, you know? I, I'm I'm scared to, like, Google Shibuya Goldfish and see, like, scanlations on, like, on uh, the Google images to see... Oh my God! They, they, they... Are you looking at the Are you looking at the cover for the first <laughs> volume right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a goldfish's blood all over its mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm I I will keep you abreast, audience, because this just became my my fascination that I will definitely this week be reading 
a little bit of some Shibuya Goldfish. 11 volumes, that's not that's not too long. I, I can get through that pretty quickly. So, yeah, stay tuned for more Shibuya Goldfish <laughs> thoughts. Uh, I'm just looking through these, and you're in for a wild ride. This looks definitely x-rated man with the amount of blood in good this. good that's what i want that's what i need let me finish the masterpiece that is 20th century boys and then immediately go to shibuya goldfish should we go into the weeb week that was oh absolutely i'm super excited to talk about this first story so the first one we got up for you is the academy awards have six anime film nominations now you're more well versed in how the nominations go so let's get to it the media news website the rap reported on monday that 27 films were submitted but it looks like six were ultimately chosen in the end for the animated feature film category at the 93rd annual academy awards first off cowards put these for best picture don't settle for less. Just to, just a note on that. So it's not that these are the six nominations, because I'm looking at the full story right now on Anime News Network. Uh, there are 27 films being submitted for consideration. Six of them are Japanese anime studios. There's all these other ones. That's where you start to get into the outside of Japan animations. I'm seeing, uh, of course, Soul and Onward, the Pixar movies from this year. They're on the list of being uh, submitted for animated feature. I see the Shaun the Sheep movie. I see Crudes, the, the new Crudes movie. Uh, Trolls World Tour is on there. Get out of here. Get out of here. I heard it was good. Move aside. So, yeah. So then five films from this 27 film list, those are going to be the five films will be chosen for the actual nominations for the for the award. Got it. Okay. Thank you for giving more context. So the the five anime films and I've only seen one of these. Unfortunately, we got Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, of course, right there. Got to be on there. Studio Ghibli's Earwig, Earwig and the Witch. I haven't seen this. No, I looked it up. It's I, I was looking at least. I haven't seen many of these either. I feel like not through any fault of ours, Steve. They're just so damn hard to find in this COVID movie world. Um, it's like 3D CG animated. It had middling reviews on IMDb. It was in like a. It's in like the the, the five-ish, six-ish, six-ish range on imdb i mean i i don't mean i don't mean to be mean or like you know but i know it's by uh goro miyazaki which is the of course the son of the legendary director hayao miyazaki so maybe it's just riding on those coattails i don't know i can't make a film but i feel like if it's getting middling reviews maybe that's why they're thinking they can push it on there it's also just studio ghibli name record name recognition of course lupin the third, the first, based on the manga series Monkey Punch. This, for you, for Demon Slayer, this is the anime feature I want to see. I've heard this is, like, the best 3D animation that has ever been made. Yeah, I've heard it's really great. It's supposed to be It's supposed to be awesome. I really want to see this this Lupin the Third, the first movie. That, that surely has been released digitally. I feel like that came out a while ago, right? It did come out a while ago. We talked about this on, on our podcast, some of the earlier episodes. 
So we'll have to, you know, we'll have to track I'll, that down. I'll, 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 some, I'll do some research on that one. What else we got on the list? We got Ongaku, our sound, which again, I when I was, as I was looking up, didn't have the best reviews on IMDb. But then I was looking at the poster and looking at some screenshots. Animation style is really gorgeous in this movie. It's like a it's like a kind of a stripped down, hand drawn animation style, more than being you know what you would expect from something more way more luxurious like a Studio Ghibli film that's always just chock full of detail and extravagances. This seemed like a very very simple hand drawn out art style. It looked it looked cool. It looked interesting. Then we have Ride Your Wave, which I've heard of. I have same, I've heard of this same. movie and I've heard it's very good. I think it came out very, very early on last year, I want to say. Um, and it it's I think it came out around the same time as weathering for you, actually. Mm. Um, but I heard I heard very good things about it. Wait, hold on. Where's weathering for you on this list? I think that probably came out the year before. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then finally, yeah, the last one, which is the the one that we've seen, the only one we've seen so far, is A Whisker Away. Yeah, we never actually talked about this. I mean, we'll have to go into detail, but I thought it was cute. It's, it's on Netflix, and just about a girl who wants to get close to a boy and pretend she's a cat and finds a mask that turns her into a cat, but not all that it seems, and it looks like she gets tricked and has to find her way back to the human world being a cat. It's cute. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that movie was that movie was great. That movie was really great. People, yeah. watch everybody, watch a whisker away on Netflix. It's really, really good. They all got Netflix. It's fine. And also to do some quick research too, Lupin the Third. You can rent it. Let's go, baby. It's already available. That's what we'll have to do this weekend. And also, I appreciate hour and a half long. So that means to me, it's tight. It knows what story it's gonna do. There's no filler. Oh man, we got some Nazis in here too. Re- the, trying to stop the <laughs> before it falls in the hands of Dark Cabal, that'll stop at nothing to resurrect the Third Reich. I'm just look reading the. Uh... <laughs> All right, so it's like Indiana Jones almost. All right, yeah, you can go back that far. Like someone trying to resurrect the Third Reich. Yeah, who cares about Nazis? So let me let me think here because I'm looking at this list of course of course that we just read off plus all of the other non-japanese movies that are on the short list so i'm looking if there are five nominations i think a lock is soul soul is definitely getting nominated for best animated feature mm-hmm. pixar movie it was very very highly rated had had some interesting controversy stuff about it as well but i think overall very very positively reviewed res- yeah reviewed i have not watched it myself but a pixar movie comes out it's going to be it's going to be nominated for for animated feature but i don't know if that do you do you think onward will also be nominated or will one pixar mm. movie cancel out the other no you know i think i think this is the year I'm feeling this is the year. I mean, obviously, out of all of these anime films, it'll be Demon Slayer. I'm going to put it on there. Man, I should have put that as one of my bets. As one of my honorable mention bets, remember? Ooh, okay, okay. So I don't think it doesn't count for any points, but I did put it out there. So it's mine. <laughs> You're not going to get any half points for that one. <laughs> Check the Constitution. It doesn't count. Honorable mentions don't count. I'm with you. I think if any if any of these movies get nominated, I would say Demon Slayer just because I feel like for a because there haven't been well, you know, I say that. I was about to say most 
anime movies that get nominated for animated feature, they have a level of real momentum behind them, which Demon Slayer 100% does by being like the best grossing movie in Japan of all time at this point. So it certainly is going to have some name recognition and some real momentum that people are going to want to check out. But then I think to other anime films that were nominated and Tale of Princess Kaguya got nominated a couple years back. And that was certainly one that didn't, I don't think had a lot of like out and out buzz about it. I'm sure it had buzz about it in the circles of people who vote for animated features. So who's to say that, you know, Ride Your Wave, which got really well received, doesn't get nominated as sort of the the strange Japanese pick for lack of a lack of a better better term i guess maybe this is reading too much into it but i know netflix recently did get demon slayer on their service they actually put out like a push notification for like hey we got this anime so maybe they're just building it up to just get that hype for the you know the american judges who are going to look at this and be like i don't know whatever some weird kid and his sister looks crazy is trying to exercise some demons Netflix just got the TV show, right? No, I mean, no, the regular anime, too. I mean, they have it on their service. They're not, they didn't buy it out, obviously, but it's now... No, 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 I know, but they don't, they're don't. they not going to just be dropping Mugen Train on us in the next few days, are they? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, it, okay. I don't think so. Okay, listen, that would be a... That would be breaking news. We make an emergency podcast for that one. So, yeah, jumping back to these other... I, I feel like Shaun the Sheep gets nominated, because I feel like whenever they put out a movie, they get nominated, because that's like the Wallace and Gromit people. I feel like whenever they put out a movie, they get nominated, like kind of no matter what. So I, and they're always great too. So I, I could see that getting nominated. I don't see Scoob, the Scooby Doo movie, getting nominated. Over the Moon had some buzz. I could see that getting nominated. That definitely had some had some buzz behind it. Honestly, I could see Trolls World Tour getting nominated because sometimes the animated feature category is like I think Boss Baby got nominated for it. Oscar for animated feature, so a travesty. What are you doing? Although I heard Trolls World Tour was pretty good. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time. Well, anyway, we will keep you posted on that. I still, I'm still fairly confident that I will be seeing Demon Slayer being nominated for an Academy Award. And I, who I cannot wait. The nominations of the dates. Oh, no, no. The Academy will announce the nominees on March 15th. So we still got to wait a little a little bit to find out whether these predictions are right or not. But but yeah, I'm with you, Steve, where I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I still have money that I want to see Martin Scorsese and Christopher Nolan have to watch Mugen Train with no context. I would pay money to watch them watch the movie. Oh, so here, so this article, this is on Anime News Network, by the way. Uh, this article goes on in 2020. Uh, 32 films were submitted for the nomination, including Trigger's Promare and Makoto Shinkai's Weathering with You, neither of which, of course, were nominated. Whoa, that's weird. Promare had a ton of buzz. Weathering with You was great. Promare was too weird. They're not nominating Promare. It, 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 it is the most trigger of the most of the trigger shows. Yeah, like <laughs> I loved I love Promare, but the Academy is not nominating Promare no. for for an Oscar. You guys see all the other trigger shows to to fully appreciate it. Moving on to something I know that you are very excited about, Steve. My next life as a villainous all roots lead to doom anime season two's teaser unveils July debut. Love it. We got finally confirmation from Satoru Yamaguchi and Nami 
Hidaki's my next life as a villainous all reach leap to doom the second season we have a teaser trailer that popped up i really enjoyed the first season i thought it was an interesting take on isekai it actually combines my favorite stuff we got an isekai but also it's more of like a shoujo otome game because she's trapped in the game and just trying to avoid uh the bad route because she is the villain and she starts messing up the entire game and she doesn't know what's going to happen next Nothing like much else with that. I'm just, I had to put it on here, be so excited. And just look at that poster. Looks so cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Oh, you, you, you're going to hate this. Every time I'm going to be watching an episode, you're going to come into, come into my room and be like, why are you wasting your time? And I'm going to say, shut up, Joe. This is my comfort food. Get out of here. No, I, I will. I respect you. The things that you enjoy, Steve. I, yes, this, I'm again, you, you were very positive on this show and, and really loved this show. So I know that you're, I know that you're excited for, for this to come back. What does it seem like? Are the, like, what is, is there an end game? Cause she's just living in this world now. Is there, is there an end to the game that she's trying to get to? The pivotal point, what, what she's talked about in the game is that eventually there's like a confrontation where her, I think, betrothed, if I pull this up right, uh, Geralt Stewart, he is the one who kind of confronts her and kills her or banishes her. So, I mean, they're either like, you know, they're both bad endings. And she has been adjusting the game or just making different relationships to avoid that and one of the unique things remember we, we mentioned this before maria campbell who is the main character of the game who you play as in the real world she is the one that gets closer to katharina class and what's also interesting is that we have a little bit of like real world um interest uh real world like complications with it because maria maybe her best friend from the real world also reincarnated in this game too, but she doesn't know Whoa. it yet. Okay, I didn't know that, and honestly, that's a cool I place. don't know. I don't know. They, they hinted at it. They made a strong hint, like you cannot like beat you over the head like like a really large wink. So I am. I can see this ending after second season. This is not going to go farther than two seasons. I'd be shocked. But um, yeah, I think it's a nice show, and why not? I watch almost every other isekai. Might as well continue ones that are good. The last story we have, Joe, you brought this to my attention before we started recording. The Japanese government could change cosplay forever. Now, reading this, it says, Currently anyone in Japan is free to dress as their favorite characters. Well, that's the same true in the United States as well. But it may not stay free for them to do so, the Japanese government is proposing big copyright law changes for those who make money from cosplaying and possibly even those who don't. As writer and translator Matt Alp points out, the Japanese government is currently considering changing the country's copyright law so that professional cosplayers would have to pay for use of the characters. I think this is completely unenforceable. That's my first and major takeaway. <laughs> Why? So, yeah, so this is from Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing, because it says, according to Kyoto News, Japanese copyright law is unclear, but points out that cosplay done without a profit motive is not necessarily infringement. So for many cosplayers in Japan, things will probably not change. However, 
Kyoto News adds that even uploading cosplay photos to social networking sites like Instagram could be considered copyright infringement. If so, the effects would be felt throughout the cosplay community. It's different copyright laws, so this is different than America, obviously, and you might be able to give more insight into sort of why cosplayers are able to to in a sense to it to a certain degree use someone else's intellectual property and in some cases profit off of that and why that's why that is um not illegal in america yeah i feel like this goes under for the united states the fair use um copyright law in the United States, which essentially permits limited use of copyright material without having to first acquire the permission from the copyright holder. Um, as long as they're not like claiming that it's like their own. This is how, for example, you'd be able to, on YouTube, review a movie and have scenes from the movie without it being taken down. Now, I understand a lot of you are probably yelling, well, I know my favorite you know, YouTuber probably has had their stuff demonetized totally understand that it's like still like a little not perfect and quasi like how much is that like how far can you go but in general yes i mean you you should be able to use something without having to first acquire the permission as long as you are you know not like a wide distributor of it or essentially claiming that it's your own in some way and that would that would be like infringement in that case where you're, you're, it's an unfair deal. And this goes back to British legal history and the fair use right is general exception that applies to all different kinds of use in all types of work. Um, not just like video, it goes to like almost any type of um, uh, creative work that you have. So why, obvious, so Japan and maybe again, because you have some friends in Japan that, that are cosplayers, correct? Yeah, I do. So what... Do you have any insight into where things were and how things might how things might be changing? Do they have the same fair use sorts of policies in Japan that they do in America? I don't think so. What really is interesting is that there are a lot of promotional materials where you'll have typically females dress up as characters, but it's usually paid by the company to promote something like in Akihabara. Um, and you know, a lot of people taking pictures and whatnot, or the comic con where you have like the, the big convention that usually happens in the summertime where it's like, it's essentially like Otakon or, uh, anime expo, the very large conventions here in the United States, uh, that happen. But with that, you know, I, I'm wondering if the reason why is that people are starting to make a lot of money off merchandise from cosplay, especially like selling calendars, prints, and as soon as you start seeing money, that is where, you know, copyright goes in. Because typically with copyright law, the reason why you have companies start, I don't want to say, like, say suing essentially or start getting uh, mixed up in legal matters is because they feel like if you can, if you're not defending it in real life, then you possibly lose the, um, the copyright uh, holding of the actual property. I think the best case, if I remember correctly, is with King Kong, which was eventually lost uh, with, with Nintendo. It was Nintendo challenged it with Donkey Kong, and because I think it was either Warner Brothers or Paramount Pictures never really defended King Kong for like decades, 
that the courts, the American courts, said, like, you haven't defended this at all as your own, Nintendo can use King Kong. Because why are you only saying it now because it's popular? What happened in the 1970s where apparently you didn't care? I guess I guess only, only time will tell because this is all still – this all seems pretty nebulous. It doesn't seem like anything is about to go into effect immediately. But certainly, I mean, especially after we just got done over the last couple of weeks talking about the Shueishi story of the random bot program gone rogue canceling people's Dragon Ball fan art – that it, if there is more clamp down on this sort of fan cosplay, fan art sort of scene, it's just going to start to start to dwindle, which would suck. Yeah, I feel like it's probably the opening opening shot, essentially, to see how far and they can take it and maybe rewrite the copyright laws. I'm not really familiar with copyright laws in Japan. Doing a quick Google search, it looks like there are three different types of or oh, no, two different types of categories it falls under, either author's, right, author's rights or neighboring rights. Author's rights is essentially copyright law which protects uh, thought or sentiments expressed in a creative way, which usually goes into literature, science, artistic, or musical domain. That's like our common thing. Like, obviously, if I am making a song, I mean, I can copyright it because I, I made the song. And then neighboring rights is refers to rights of performers, broadcasters, individuals who do not author works, but play an important role in communicating them to the public. And I feel that is where this quandary is of how far can you say that you are communicating this work to the public? Maybe the issue is that maybe some copyright holders don't like how it's being uh, being uh, showcased. Maybe they still like. Be, I mean, imagine if they were judging cosplays. Like, nah, this isn't good <laughs> enough. We don't want to be associated. <laughs> we don't want to be associated like, nah, with this. You can be Luffy, but this other Luffy, they're they're not. Yeah, this uh, Luffy, no, uh, no, way. no way. The straw hat, no way. Good, no good. Wrong shade of color on the on the vest. What are you doing? What are you doing? So I I feel like it's under that part where it's the the legal quandaries in que- is in question. Uh, how do you feel as as an avid cosplayer? I mean, do you think this could? You already said it was unenforceable, but do you? How far do you think they're going to be able to take this before there's major pushback? In the United States or in Japan, Japan, I would I would I would like to hope that America there wouldn't be a question of this, but. Who the hell knows? I feel like in Japan, there probably will be a pushback because you start getting into a lot of Harajuku and a lot of the culture of like almost anything in terms of like t-shirts, merchandise. I mean, I feel like this doesn't go into cosplay. This goes into almost any type of character. And I feel like there's also the big, um, what is it called? Dominion market, the where you're basically making the fan art of uh, comics of popular characters, which is very popular in uh, Comic-Con. So I feel like that is where it would really play into a huge factor where um, people can't sell their own f- but, you know, fan art of comics, which is normally a huge thing, a huge draw for any convention in Japan. That would have to be safe. If you can't, if you can't do cosplay, you certainly can't, wouldn't be able to make um, basically fan art manga with it um so i think that's where the main pushback's gonna come come through yeah well we will see 
could be could be a major could, I mean it would be a major change if anything if anything came of this so we'll continue to investigate Japanese copyright law <laughs> I'm buying a book the only podcast that's talking about Japanese copyright law <laughs> you got it right here straight, weekly damn straight. my history degree is coming into place right now thank you Mount St. Mary College shall we get into the topic of the show which I'll be honest is a mystery to me. Boy, I got a topic of the show for you all. So I wanted to do a little bit different. We haven't played a game recently. And I I went ahead and went on my anime list and took seven anime, which are popular. Let's just say they're popular. And wanted to find the hottest takes, the worst Two well written, two well written reviews. Oh. Not just like this anime sucks. I mean, someone who decided to write like a thesis of why this anime show sucks, and I want you to guess what I'm talking about. And I'm, of course, and I am of course going to what I think how it's actually uh, was written in the voice too. Hell yes. Okay, I thought because you came, you at least told me I was gonna guess what anime this was from based on hot takes. I thought these were hot takes you had written, so you just went and found a one star review on my anime list and just found the craziest one you could find. Yes, and obviously not yes. not just not just like one sentence. I mean, someone took the time and wrote this out and spent oh, of course. all night. Look, anime fans when they write a review. They go all in. Whether that be a positive or a negative review, they're they're gonna they're gonna let you know how they feel. So are are you are you ready? I'm ready. Um, oh, I'm so okay, ready for so this. The first this is awesome. One. one of the most mediocre anime I have ever watched. Episode three hundred and eleven was <laughs> my <laughs> limit. I have no clue why I was still watching this anime, other than the fact that I can procrastinate for another good twenty two minutes every week. And this week, however, was exceptionally frustrating. The storyline is decent, but constantly revolves around the I'm going to whack you until you die so I can protect some people that aren't even going to be hurt by you. Oh, I forgot. They spend no time trying to solve any conflicts peacefully. They just go straight into drawing their swords and dueling as of little effort as possible. Why? Because they will put as little more effort in the next week. And just a little bit more effort the week after that before deciding the I'm going to take you down now with my super ultimate, which is of which of course takes another week before the fight is resolved. What an utter waste of time. Do you want me to continue? Can you guess? I have some ideas, but if there's more to the review. Oh, there's way more. Oh, my God. The last 50 episodes have either been filler or raw fighting. Blank continues to fight with everything he sees and threatens everyone with his big sword without ever giving a care about resolving conflicts out of combat. Same goes for almost every other creature in the show. Creature. So yeah, I've so the things coming to me right now, because you keep talking about the sword. They keep drawing their swords and dueling. We've got some creatures. Lots of fighting. There are some ultimate moves. That takes several episodes. What do you got? What do you got? I guess. Is this Bleach? It is Bleach. Oh, yeah, baby. One for one. Let's go. 311 episodes was just too much. That was the lie. That was the one. How long is Bleach? How many episodes is Bleach? Because I don't. Because I didn't think it was. I know it's long, but I didn't think it was like. 
I don't think it's like 700 episodes. I think it it might be in the 400s. He almost made there, it to the end. There's 366. <laughs> so Why did you finish it? Wait, how many? Wait, how many episodes did he get in? 311. <laughs> so he almost. Oh my god, they were almost there. Oh, oh man. My god. What did he do? I'm not gonna say the person's name because maybe if they're watching or maybe someone knows, I'd be like, oh my god. But yeah, on. no, no names. But that's. <laughs> 311 out of 361 <laughs> that's great all right okay. i'm one for one i'm all going right. i'm going the whole mile i'm going seven for seven right here number two if there was anything bad if i were to say anything bad and i'll have to say do this as a review and it's not a positive one about the anime that would not offend any of the hardcore fans is that it is painfully slow. Even if you leave fillers aside, still, the plot itself progresses at such a slow pace that's rather hard to watch. Now, for a younger audience, that may not matter much, but to me, as a higher-age audience, it matters greatly. After all, I have 23 minutes. Each episode, there are three spent on an opening and an ending, which is usual, I guess, but an episode there are roughly five or more minutes spent on the recap of the current story arc, as if the creators are trying to trying to show, try, the creators of the show forgot that it's a shonen anime, instead they got the idea that the audience are elderly people with Alzheimer's. To be fair, they did say they were a higher-aged viewer, so... But okay, this means there are still 15 minutes left of, of per episode, right? Well, not really. In most episodes, the heroes get separated. When they do, the anime tries to keep track of all of them simultaneously, cutting every few minutes. This wouldn't be so bad if, after a cut, the same exact scene does not repeat itself. With the main heroes just standing there and looking at a place or a villain that is shown from a few angles, the anime continues somewhere else, and when it comes back to the same place, the same exact scene is shown. That may not sound like much, but the drastic case that could sum up in a few minutes is the, is uh, is why I even bothered to even count how many minutes I was wasting my time. Now, also back to the negatives. No one dies in this anime. This is, of course, an exaggeration, as some people do actually die in this anime, but only when it's critical when to the plot. At all other times, the characters that die just add to the drama and come back a few scenes later, sometimes to die again or even to have more drama added. The worst case is when I saw Blank die somewhere like five times over the same two or three episodes this could be a lot this is a tough one and a shonen anime where no one dies and every episode has a little bit of a recap in there that could Mm -hmm. that's that could describe many many shows but i am ultimately going to say one piece it is one oh yeah baby one piece a show that just does recaps apparently because slow i (laughs) i hear it does get slow they they say the newer episodes i think they go from only doing from doing like two to three chapters an episode to doing like one chapter an episode is what i hear from later later episodes of one piece all right i almost went fairy tale on that one i was between one piece and fairy tale for that Okay, ready for number three? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aside from the monsters and interesting weaponry that people have, we've definitely seen similar stories in this types of anime before, whether it's Claymore, Blue Gender, gender or even High School of the Dead. 
leaving that leaving that aside, it doesn't do a very good job with its narrative. The story lies on coincidences, has forced exposition, uneven uneven pacing, and also has unexplored themes that are tossed away as soon as they're raised. The setting in general is very poorly explored. For example, they make it clear that there's a slave trade happening, but it's never raised again. And apparently, there's religion or something and deities, but it's also never explored either. And only this for them being killed off in an, uh, an ironic and disrespectful manner. There are even social classes, and of course, it's never explored as well. It's a common thing to say the first episode's amazing, but I wasn't impressed. To me, the first episode is also the first mistake it made. It deliberately <laughs> rushed in an attempt to make the audience gasp about characters we knew nothing about. Okay. They compared it to Claymore in High School of the Dead. <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted to put this one out because I'm like, what is this guy? What is this person? Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, maybe I'm just nitpicking here, but the exposition insults me. This show couldn't have no dialogue whatsoever. And I still couldn't have picked up on a great deal of what's going on. So the script just comes off as amorish. A- amateurish. Ah, man. This is, this, this is throwing me here. I... I mean, I am the first mistake it. was because of the pacing. The first mistake was the pacing is so, does slow down significantly later on. And I think the first episode was the only way of worthy of getting, of getting it fleshed out more instead of divining into the massacre straight away. Okay. The rest of the episodes don't even exploit most of their slow pacing very well. I don't think this is right. But I'm going to say Attack on Titan. It is Attack on Titan. Oh. High School of the Dead. <laughs> Attack it's on Titan. It's the good high school of the dead. Attack on Titan is the good high school of the dead. <laughs> Can you believe that it doesn't do a good job with his narrative? Forced exposition, uneven pacing, and amateurish dialogue. Yeah, guess who's laughing now, buddy? <laughs> you wrote that. You wrote that when you'd only seen the first season. Well, guess what? We're watching a damn classic before our eyes, man. <laughs> wow, you are on a roll. I, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. What do okay. I get if I win? If I win, you have to watch. If you get all of them right. You have to watch. I don't know, I'll think about it. Okay. So next up, like this is straight up seasonal anime trash. Yeah, People are saying, it's so beautiful. Mwah, mwah. But man. It's not. It's generic at best, and it's really boring. You're able to predict the results the moment it starts. The whole, the whole story of a boy dream to be a hero that gives him hope, even though he, he isn't great at what he does, but his upbeat can-do attitude keeps him going, and with the help of his friends, he might just be able to reach that dream that seems so far off. I mean, come on, bro. I've had sex dreams better than plots than that. <laughs> Is this, hy- is this yeah, hybrid the- hard extremely? <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, the characters are bland and lifeless. For how much time this anime spends away from this sport and on the little twerps, you'd think the characters would have anything special about them. But these are these are the same characters you find any other shonen anime, probably with the same character arts. Not that I care to find out about, because I don't really care what happens to any of them at all. Sport. So it's a. Sp- I didn't want to say the exact sport. Right. Right. Is there more? There's barely any action or meaningful character struggle. It's the more seasonable, seasonal uh, 
shonen anime nonsense, but they don't even get to have fun with it. They take everything extremely seriously, which leads to the actual action being nothing more than the same few, few maneuvers over and over again. The comic doesn't stick either. It's derived almost entirely from the characters' faces being drawn amusingly. I do not recommend if you don't watch anything of substance from what you watch. There isn't any fun action. There isn't any clever comedy. No meaningful character attachment being found. If you like shipping a bunch of boys together, then yeah, you can watch this. But that's all the that's all you can really do with this anime. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, because you started talking about one person who wants to be a hero for his dream, and I was like, okay, this might be my hero. But then you started talking about sports. And we're shipping boys. I mean, is this Haikyuu? It is Haikyuu. Okay. I mean, this person, that review about Haikyuu, your anime privileges are revoked. You never get to watch an episode of anime ever again. All right? I'm offended. I am personally offended. I want to say, too, all of these I picked out, people have watched all of the ep- all like, like 40 out of 50, ep- like 40 episodes into it. This is only now. 311 <laughs> of 361 episodes. That's the only one that actually wrote because you have to write down like, how many episodes you've written. And that's like, watch I'm like, oh, my God. What are you doing? Okay. Number five. You are on a roll. Now, let me see where I can start with this one without giving it away. All right. Once upon a time, in a land far, far, far away, there was a brave young boy. He was the best hero in the land and the manliest man of all. He came across countless trials with little effort and won the hearts of many fair maidens. It is the origin of many angry rants. The biggest. The origin of the origin of the what? The origin of many rants. That I'm just, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the biggest problem with the show is the bankrupts of substance. It's mostly just uninspired romance and a harem with a little action here and there. There isn't even much thinking involved. A few plot holes I can forgive, but if this show isn't anything worthwhile, there isn't much to do. What's make this all more apparent is that the premise promises something entirely different than what yes. it delivers. The show yes, throws up the teens in the air and says, we don't care, so why should the viewer? Oh, you know what this is. This has to be Sword Art Online. This is Sword Art Online. <laughs> that one I didn't hear. You know, like two words I got thrown into that one. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> boy. Wow. Is that number five? That's number five. Let's go, baby. Okay. Let me, let me quickly look right here. Uh, all right. All right. Another battle shown in anime to join the glorious world of anime. Now, before you continue reading, I must warn you that if you haven't seen all the episodes or a huge fan that can't take criticism, please refrain from reading this review. You have been warned. For those who are are reading this review, please keep an open mind to what you're about to read. Initially, I did enjoy the show, but then in the end, I started disliking it. And here are a few reasons why. First of all, the arcs are short, which means there's not a lot of things that it can't do. Bigger story, adventure, or exploring, showing more of the side characters, etc. Every arc ends up boring me and not memorable. The arc size also makes it too predictable. They have to go there without even knowing anything, be beaten, be beaten by the enemy so easily, get back up, run after them, beat them, a little talk afterwards, then go home. 
There's no training, neither any foreshadowing. None of them really change. They were only going to train once, but then the author said, screw you, they're instead going to get powered up for five minutes. This character has a chance to grow with his powers near the beginning. He's learned that he could use this power a lot. However, he forgot that right after and lost a good chance and hasn't showed up again. The comedy is annoying. When this character's vehicle sickness gets so, oh, gets so boring, oh, when it screws God, up his chance for a fight, which is like it. by the eighth episode, the action sucks. All the fights were an interesting, of course, are full of random power-ups and bad comedy. The story is nothing special. Nothing has changed since the beginning. Yeah, you shouldn't have read that part about the vehicle <laughs> sickness. It's fairy tale. It's okay. Oh man, I think I wrote that review. You think you wrote that review? I think I think I in a fugue state one time wrote that review. It's true, nothing has changed. I'm in the final arc and nothing has changed. Okay, so I've seen like 200 episodes of the series and I have to say it's pathetic. <laughs> I watched <laughs> pathetic. I'll tell you nothing interesting happens. The plot is seriously lacking and is a pathetic excuse for a slice-of-life action drama type of show. I'm writing this for people who legitimately haven't seen the show, and I know I'm going to get flamed by a bunch of these fans, but the series is not just worth the acclaim watching at all. The characters are even worse. You have your overzealous, untalented guy who thinks he can do anything if he tries hard, and if he, it just so happens to get incredibly, increasingly stronger enemies to fight along the way, then you have your emo, broody guy who has all the fangirls swooning over him as he talks and how much he resents his brother. And how about you just get over it because you're already naturally talented and you have a girl who has a crush on all the bad boys. Yeah, the first half of that, I was almost thinking Gintama. And then, no, it's Naruto. It is Naruto. It is Naruto. It's true. He does just complain about his brother the whole time. I have an eighth one, a bonus one. Okay. I got a Give me a bonus. bonus. Give me a bonus. Hugely experimental. It's Gibiate. No. <laughs> that would be like one that I would probably get like a 10 out of 10 review. Hugely experimental and thankfully unique. It is a roaring failure. It starts off mildly interesting. For some convoluted reason, a teenager is the only one who can do th this action and be able to save the world. So we get a normal mech action sequences, which are kind of cool, but then expected team drama stuff. Oh, and some daddy issues. But because what anime is justified without a hatred of one's parents? And then the series loses its freaking mind. There's no way better to put it. I read on the Wikipedia, the person responsible for this travesty of philosophical trite has a bad batch of depression and it shows. Anytime sci-fi has to double back on religious fantasy, it fails. I got the story, but I hated it. Around the time the series shifts into adult themes over to Shonen, it's kind of cool. But since everyone was afraid of losing their jobs at the time, they decide to spew out a bunch of woe is me, the world sucks garbage. Evangelion. It is Evangelion. I just love the <laughs> philosophical trite. <laughs> eight for eight. You gotta, you need to, you gotta finish Demon Slayer. That's I the finish demon. I can do that. I thought one of those was going to be Demon Slayer. I thought when you got into which was the one that was the short arc. Oh, that was Fairy Tale. <laughs> I, I thought I thought that one was uh, was Demon Slayer for a second, until of course the vehicle <laughs> vehicle motion sickness. The vehicle motion. I mean, that could be a lot of them. But yeah, I wanted to pick stuff that you would know. I didn't want to pick something like I don't know, 
something into Golden Kamui. We've only seen like two episodes. Oh no, for sure, for sure. No, but there was there were some tough ones in there. What was the one about slavery? There was oh, there were hints of slavery. That that was uh, Attack was on that? Titan. Oh, that, that was, was Attack on Titan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A, I think I do remember that, and I do definitely remember the religious icons. You see, the stuff I wanted to admit was like. And, the, you know, the social classes within the three walls. I'd be like, okay, obviously you know exactly what that would mean then. So I had to kind of, like, do it live and, and edit parts out. But good job. Well, people, if I haven't impressed you tonight with my anime knowledge, then nothing will. <laughs> I bask in your glory. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fun. Thank you for bringing that, Steve. That was great. No that was problem. a lot of fun. Should we go to something? I guess this week was kind of fun. Yeah. It's only 12 minutes of our time. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about the Wheel of Fate. Because, of course, we have heard that there is no good place to start in the Fate Megaverse. Although, no, Fate Zero is where you start in the Fate Megaverse. As someone who has watched some Fate. So, we, of course, took that way too literally and made an entire random number generator spreadsheet that has every episode of every single fate spin-off and every fate movie in there. I'm talking to Steve now. We are also going to add the fate audio dramas that we discovered this weekend in the fate prototype universe. There are some audio dramas. They are all on YouTube so they're easily accessible, Steve. Put them on the list. No. As uh one of the ranking members of this podcast, I have veto power and I'm putting audio dramas out of here we'd never be able to get through anything before we find where the number generator will take us next we must talk about our assignment for this week which was fate prototype fate prototype i have to say probably one of my favorites because it was a it was a 12 minute music video it's essentially and was like a quick hits of everything yeah, it was like a weird proof of concept. So for people who are unaware, Fate Prototype was a, is literally just a 12-minute short that essentially teases what happened in the essentially the rough draft for what would become the Fate Stay Night visual novel, which is where all of these other things come from, like Unlimited Blade Works and Fate Zero and all that. So this was almost like a proof of concept. It, like, started off with some plot. We kind of learned about the characters, and then it literally just cut into kind of being an AMV of all of the hypest moments from this original sort of writing that the that the, that the the writer had done. It was cool. It was certainly interesting to watch and see where there were differences, but, like, it was kind of befuddling at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you you do have some uh, gender switches of the characters where you have Saber being male and our main character, um, Shiro, well, actually being, she looks like Ayaka, is the main character who summons Saber, essentially. Yeah, and it seems like she almost was very Sakura-esque, Sakura being one of the female characters that you can romance in the original Fate Stay Night game. That's what takes you on the Heaven's Feel route that we've talked about before with some movies in that regard. But uh, yeah, it almost seemed like she was taking that place's character's place, and then maybe they transitioned into using Emmy as the main character, but still kept that character sort of around in this new role. We did get a glimpse of maybe Rin. So Rin was still in this world? I think we I saw think. like her outfit, yeah, yeah a we little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We saw some pretty dope fights between Arthur 
and Lancer and Arthur and Gilgamesh. So, like, those characters are all still there. Kodamine looks like a real big old creep. In- <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got, like, a white-haired bowl cut, and he's, like, yeah, and he's, and he's, and he's eight feet tall. <laughs> Yeah, and I have to say, command seals are on everyone's chests. And tongue. Yeah, now, yeah, it was almost like a gothic version of Fate, right? Yeah, it seemed a lot darker. Fate's still pretty dark, but this seemed, yeah, you're right, this seemed a lot more of like a gothic-y vibe to it. When I say I would love to see more, I would do not mean the audio CDs. I wish I'd be able to see this turned into a proper anime. For like twelve episodes, I'd watch it. Yeah, no, I mean it, it. did seem cool, and it it seemed to have some very interesting things going on that I'd like to see how they all all the pieces come together. I, yeah, I'd love an anime adaptation of this. I wonder if it's on the docket. I don't know. I guess at this point, anything no. goes. Anything goes with fate. Right now, I have on any list. Its relations is the prequel. There is a prequel light novel that is finished. There is Fate Stay Night. You have <laughs> the Unlimited Blade Works movie. And the side story is Fate Prototype Tribute Phantasm, which is also a manga. So it has been continued. The manga is only one volume, <laughs> nine chapters. So there's not like a lot happening. It looks like it never really was explored that farther. Interesting. I mean, it is a rough draft. So I'm sure there are some perhaps like things that they were like we probably smoothed this smoothed this out in fate stay night proper so like why go back to the perhaps inferior version but i don't know it seemed it seemed interesting it seemed cool i'd like to see more this but again i was left feeling a little like why did they make this why did they spend money on a 12 minute proof of concept of this because they have so much money that they're drowning in it that's the only reason why that's true they can yeah that's true no they can do whatever they want I'm ready for, I'm, I want some real fate though, Steve. I'm ready for like a real, something I can sink my teeth into. You know, we've been getting a lot of these weird comedic 12 minute shorts and then this 12 minute <laughs> short. I want like something, give it to me. Give me a movie. All right. Well, I don't have any choice over that. It is our wheel of fate. And as Joe mentioned at the top, I got a spreadsheet with every anime series, film, and short. And I will spin our random number generator followed by... Uh, second toss if it is a series and we'll see where it takes us so we'll fate turn 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 let us know the episode we shall endure and you my friend are lucky we hit number 20 number 20 is heaven's feel part one presage flower Whoa, nice that is what we're i've watching. seen it I- seen it twice no i've seen it once Seen it I've once. only seen Lost Butterfly. I've only seen the second movie. That that was my this is my experience with Heaven's Feel. <laughs> saw part two first, then I saw part one. So all right, so that's where we're going for everyone listening at home. If you'd like to join us, Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel Part One, Presage Flower is next up. And then we will be you'll be caught up for Spring Song. Oh yeah, yeah, that already came out, right? Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I'll probably have a lot more to talk about there. Man, I can't keep. I can't wait to keep a running list of all of my notes because I did it for the first time and boy, that was interesting. I mean, do you still have your notes from heaven from part two so that you can start to start to look back and put the pieces <laughs> and see how it all builds? Man, into that itself? was weird. I mean, you started that too. You haven't seen any. Uh, I do have, Oh wait, no, I have Ilya bow in the snow notes. I have that like listed up right here. I'll have to look at my trash. 
<laughs> I just have, he smokes like three packs a day. Why is Kirit Suga such a bitch and he's dead? Julian totally fucks. I wrote that down. Julian totally fucks. <laughs> fucking Julian, man. Ju- then Julian, why are you such a, such a jerk? Mayu is pretty adorable. You're, oh, Miu is pretty adorable. What you're a wizard. These are just stream of conscious notes I have here. Suddenly dagger to the shoulder. Oh, here's the Gilgamesh card. <laughs> well, we will. Yeah, we will. This will be a, a much longer Wheel of Fate segment next week for sure as we talk about Heaven's Feel Part 1. Presage Flower. Great movie. Real good movie. I do. I I also do recommend for Fate Prototype. It's on YouTube. It's not taken down. You can just f- Google that right there. You'll find it. See what could have been. Well, shall we go to the ever-expanding rankings of the best girl and the best boy lists? Oh, of course. Explain away. What do we got here? What are we cooking so, with? So we, of course, have our two character ranking lists of the Waifu Watch and the Best Boy Bulletin. We currently have... 12 people on the waifu watch and 14 people on the best boy bulletin so i'm assuming you brought a waifu for me today steve but i didn't actually Whoa. i didn't actually because because we, we're getting more into this best boy side of things listen let's let's give a little context we always go back and forth with the characters and i believe obviously we had crim which we made a decision on the podcast to put on both lists and the one before that you had a, a best boy who i believe you at you uh brought gone from hunter hunter so then it was my turn to bring a boy we do two boys then two girls and we keep going back and forth you're saying there's 14 people on the best boy bullets and there's 12 on the waifu watch i don't know how there's how that ha- oh oh no no i Listen, know man we can always no, i know how that happened oh yeah you know what we can because <laughs> i brought all four you you hockey show people in one in one episode oh, and you know who we we well we well, yeah that that's that yeah and we could we could make that even with you know what it'll happen eventually it's gonna happen but for the best boy, uh, as as customary, we give a little background of the info, and we have to have each other try and guess who it is. So, Joe, you're doing a lot of guessing. I know, and I'm really good at it, guys. I think you're going to get this one, because this one, I've been, I've been thinking about this person a lot, probably because I'd probably also get a figure of this person, too. So, without further ado, this person is one of It's the, Kirito. No. <laughs> no. <sighs> no. We're not bringing out the big guns yet. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, Put him at number yeah, one. I don't, Put him at number I don't, one. I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, some of these. I mean, are we gonna get like you know stabbed to death in the street by putting Kirito at number one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this person's one of the friendliest people in the series and sets a mood when he's around. He never holds a grudge against others and is always ready to lend a helping hand. He cares deeply for his friends and always wants to be by their side, fighting alongside them, even when they are in danger, even to the point of getting angry. He gets angry when people get into situations that can get them killed since he wants to protect as many people as he can. He's a very loyal person, which is apparent to his friendship with this character, despite the latter usually treating him with coldness. This character is also a bachelor and is shown trying to get together with various women in the series, but he always keeps failing. Now, I know it's a little generic, but I had to keep some of this out so that you wouldn't be able to immediately guess it. That's great. Steve, I'm I'm proud of you 
for bringing this character and I'm I'm surprised but but I'm happy that you that you brought Sanji from One Piece. It is not Sanji from One Piece. It is not Sanji. I I, I, I don't think this is correct but I'm 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 guessing Naruto. No. 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 Okay. 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 He, I He has a hook nose and a slight beard on his cheeks and his chin. And according to the main character, it looks like a wandering samurai or bandit. Kenshin? During the two doing in two throughout two years, he is usually he used red robes and black armor resembling those of a samurai, including a katana, along with his guild members. No, it's not Kenshin, right? No, no. This is some Don Machi character. He ordered a he he ordered a pizza, and it turned out to be the worst decision of his life. If you remember, I don't know why I am drawing such a blank right now. Oh. Boy, you know this character, and you almost got it with the first one. The first is it Klein? Yeah, <laughs> it is Klein. Yes, the guy who yes, can never catch a dude, break. Dude, I love him. Yeah, the dude, we're doing a great wig. And he, remember, you remember at the very beginning, he ordered a pizza and wanted to kill time. I mean, the realest, the realest. Yeah, dude, I love Klein so much. Remember when he, this is spoilers for Ordinal Scale. Remember when he straight up almost gets murdered in Ordinal Scale? He gets beat. He gets beat so hard in real life by that guy that he ends up in the hospital with like multiple broken bones. Because he's willing to do anything for Kirito. And Kirito literally does not care. I feel like he doesn't care about Klein. Kirito has not once, he hasn't thought about Klein since the first episode of the show. When they they train they train together that one time they play together that one time and that's it he never thinks about Klein ever again. Uh, yeah, I mean he's wake. I mean, do you think Klein romance is like? I wish I had what Kirito and Yujio had. Oh man, yeah, he must be gutted when when Kirito comes back from Alicization. He's like, I had this best friend. His name was Yujio, and we went on all the. We lived together for literally two years and we cut down a tree together and t- went to school together and yeah klein's just sitting there like man i just i just what i just want to pull one out for klein too who you know everyone loves kirito klein's there doing his best he's never afraid and he doesn't get any girls it's a shame no they don't they don't i uh, yeah you would think at least he'd get what's her name lisbeth yeah yeah like that'd be that'd be a great couple yeah I think that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not getting Asuna, but oh no, he's not getting Asuna. Then I'm thinking, like, like would he get Kirito's sister? Is that <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't again, Leafa. We haven't thought about her in a long time either. I guess she did play a little bit of a role in Alicization. Yeah. I feel like not Shinon because like Kirito and Shinon definitely had that like, you know, big connection together. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I'm trying to like, see like, I would agree. I think Lisbeth, come on. He did. He did I love he how, deserves. I love how you brought in Klein and we've spent most of the time talking about Kirito and the women of Sword <laughs> Art Online. Oh no, just get out the compare We him. just, we oh, just completely left Klein behind. <laughs> oh God. Well, you know, seriously, he's definitely skilled. He's always there willing to lend a hand. He definitely comes back for the Alicization arc leading the charge, essentially coming to Kirito and uh, Alice's rescue with like 
all of the players coming in. He's like, I'm not leaving you behind. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's great. He oh. is perfect. He is fantastic. <laughs> he, he, and I'd, pro- great I'd probably... <laughs> I'd probably put him like at number eleven. I'd put him above. I'd put him above Krim, but under Kose from your Lion April. Honestly, that's exactly <laughs> where I was. I know I'm not just saying that. That's exactly where I was going to put. There we go. All right, Cl- Klein. Yeah, I know that was really quick, but man, Klein, you're the, keeping it real. Just wanted a pizza. Ended <laughs> up in a game of death. Where, where are we putting Igil from Sword Art Online? Oh, I, I, I mean, he's bare. He's bare yeah, no, he's even, I, but he at least runs the bar they all hang out at. So, so yeah, all right. Yeah, he's the, that's something fun there. <laughs> Klein, unfortunately, you didn't crack the top ten, but we still respect you and love you. So to read off our best boy list, where we have right now the top ten, we have Yusuke from Yu Hakusho at number one, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop number two. Kuwabara, also from Yu Yu Hakusho, at number three. Gon from Hunter x Hunter, number four. Hide from Tokyo Ghoul, rounding out with number five. Ryuji Kaji from Neon Genesis Evangelion, who, boy, we got to see him revisit again in these movies at number six. Love Love has has no no gender. gender. This guy gets some every single night. Kurama from Yu Yu Hakusho, number seven from our Yu Yu Hakusho special. Hinata from Haikyuu at number eight. Shiogane from Love is War at number nine. And Arima Kyosuke from Your Line April at number 10. Klein coming in at number 11. Just almost making it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, Klein. Well, with that said, we did get a thank you, Steve. For our, for, for our listener question from last week, I did get a follow-up on that. A thank you. We I we got a your show is fire. <laughs> and we got a we got a which one is the shortest. And I said Cowboy Bebop. So mm-hmm. I think they're gonna I think Brendan will be starting with Cowboy Bebop. And if he and if he and if he updates me, I'll keep you updated. Thank you very much, Brendan, for listening and let us know what you think of Cowboy Bebop. Write us in. We'd love to talk about the show. Well with that said, that does bring us to another end of Weeb Week. If you would like to write in and get a very carefully tailored list for your perusal as well, just, of course, email us in at weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to add someone to the Waifu Watch or the Best Boy Bulletin, of course, you can do that by emailing us there as well, weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, Steve, where can people find you at? You can find me at Save Cosplay on Twitter and at Save Point Cosplay on Instagram. And you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all social media platforms. And now, of course, we come to a very hot take filled episode, but none of them were written by the man himself. None of them were written by the man with the million figurines. Because, of course, we are at Steve's Hot Take, where Steve is going to give you his juicy hot take without any context, without any explanation, and that is just the end of the show. Great tagline for this hot take. I'm just going to read the tagline, Steve. 
Can I read the tagline? Go re- read the tagline. So Steve Steve always gives me like a word or a phrase that hints at what his hot take is going to be without explicitly telling me what it is. So I get to be surprised by it. This week he has written, I lost my virginity when I saw this moment. Steve, what's your hot take? During the chewing exams where Rock Lee takes off those weights when he's about to fight Gata and they just crash on the ground. I was taken aback. I fell off my chair. I lost my virginity then. I thought that was the greatest moment of anime I've ever seen of my my life at that point. What an amazing fight. Thank you, Naruto, for making me the man I am today.